Welcome to Sanctified in Truth with Michael York, a ministry of the Fairview Baptist Church in Ashland, Kentucky. Sanctified in Truth is a daily podcast for followers of Christ who desire to imitate Him and to dedicate ourselves fully to the plans God has for us by deepening our love and understanding of God's Word. Today's scripture reading is Genesis chapter 29, verse 1, to chapter 30, verse 24. As always, I want to encourage you to read the passage before you listen to the podcast. One aspect of the Old Testament that confounds many people is the presence of polygamy, especially among those we might regard as heroes or, at the very least, central characters of the Bible. The story of Jacob marrying a pair of sisters brings such a question to the front of our minds. We first need to note that in this particular instance, it was not the intention of Jacob to marry these sisters. He was tricked into it. Now, without a doubt, that's not always the case in the Bible. There are many examples of polygamy where the husband enters into the arrangement intentionally and purposefully. However, what we see in this story is universal where polygamy occurs. Chaos follows. The Bible doesn't need to issue strict condemnations of things like polygamy because it instead holds up God's perfect standard, in this case, God's perfect standard of marriage. One man, one woman, for life. Too often in the Bible we look for prohibitions, and in their absence we give ourselves permission. What we see here is Laban, the father of these women, has set both of his girls up for disaster. Moses describes Leah as having weak or soft eyes. Now, I'm not entirely sure what's meant by that description, but the fact that she's contrasted with the beauty of Rachel allows us to infer that Leah was, quite frankly, not a looker. Perhaps Laban was worried she would never marry. Maybe his intentions were good, but good intentions is no guarantee of a good outcome. Because rivalness, bitter, rivalry, bitterness, and animosity would all follow. This story is a reminder that whenever we deviate from God's good plan, disaster always follows. Instead of living life to avoid the bad, what we need to do is to live life seeking to pursue the good. As we seek to think through the meaning, implications, and applications of this passage, we want to ask ourselves our three basic questions. First. What does God tell what does this passage tell me about God? Jacob, the trickster, the deceiver, is here himself tricked. Now it's too simplistic to view this simply as reaping what is sown or karma. Think about what those views say about God. They view God's primary purpose as to punish. If I do bad, I will receive bad. It limits God's actions only to being punitive. Certainly God does punish sin, but the term the Bible uses more often than not that more precisely sums up God's intent is the word discipline. Discipline is not primarily about punishment, but about teaching. You can even hear it, the similarities of the word discipline and discipleship. Discipline is teaching. It sometimes involves tough lessons, and that's certainly the case for Jacob here. But we want to ask ourselves, what is God doing? As Jacob has left Canaan, he's now in a period of learning, and God is showing Jacob the sinfulness of deceit and the painfulness caused by it. His purposes are not so that Jacob is miserable, 
but he loves Jacob enough to help him grow. The second question we want to ask is, what does this passage reveal to me about myself and about humanity in general? Leah seems to have an issue with self-confidence for many reasons, not the least of which is her father had to trick her husband into marrying her. However, Leah was able to give Jacob children while Rachel remained barren. In chapter 29, verse 31 to 34, Leah bears three children, and each one is an attempt to get Jacob to love her. Reuben means see a son. Simeon means hear because she thought this child was God hearing her desperation. The third child was called Levi, which means attach because she thought this son might finally be the one to cause Jacob to attach his affection to her. With each child, Leah was attempting to earn love. Her life and her mistreatment had led her to feel like no one, including God, loved her. So everything in her life was an attempt to be loved, to feel loved. But finally something happens. With her fourth son, who she names Judah, which means praise, she does not try to get anything. She simply prays the Lord as a demonstration of love for him. Often we try and look for all these signs of God's love in our life, or we try to earn the love of others. But the ironic thing is that when we're focused on that, we cannot spend our time enjoying the love that God has for us and is all around us, and we miss opportunities to show our love to Him. The third question we want to ask is, what does this passage call me to do? While Jacob was tricked, he could have pitched a fit. He could have taken a different approach. But Jacob kept his word. He married Leah. And even though the nuptials were unintentional, he kept them. He also kept his vow to Laban, even though Laban did him wrong. We serve a God who is truth. And so integrity and valuing honesty in our word is a way that we reflect him. The book of Genesis repeatedly shows us a God who is faithful to his people who are faithless. And that's a character quality of his we should imitate. That when even when people turn away from us or hurt us or are faithless to us, that's not an excuse for us to turn away from them, but that's an, ex- an opportunity for us to show the faithfulness of God. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Sanctified in Truth. Join us tomorrow as we'll discuss Genesis chapter 30, verse 25 to 43. Everything you say and everything you do today, seek to honor God. And whatever you do, take comfort and know that Jesus has already prayed for you, that you would be sanctified in truth. I'm going to live so God can use me anytime, anywhere. I'm going to live so God can use me anytime.